to be in the house today and I'm so glad that y'all came um, to be a part of what God is doing. This is a privilege and an honor. Before we get started, I, I gotta let you know that everything that Pastor Tabner just said to me, I, I feel back for him. Um, th this man, I met him in a green room and I meet a lot of people in green rooms that I'll never talk to again. And uh, <laughs> I met Pastor Tabner in a green room and I told him about a situation that me and my wife were personally going through in our lives. And at that moment, he pulled out his cell phone and I was like, I, I don't know why he's pulling out his cell phone. Is he going to record the conversation or I don't know what he's doing? And he was setting alarm in his phone. And I said, hey, what are you doing? He said, I'm making a commitment to you that I'm going to pray about this situation every morning. And I'm setting an alarm so that it can remind me to pray for you every day. Now, now yeah, see what you don't realize is the type of leaders you have at Venue Church are leaders that are the real deal and today can we thank god for pastor tabner and pastor danielle oh come on y'all at, at north georgia in the building can we thank god for my brother i love you man i appreciate you all right that time's still going down so sit down i gotta preach okay um Today I'm so excited because I don't really leave my church home much because God's given me an amazing assignment back in Tulsa, Oklahoma called Transformation Church. And um, we, we, we get to um, represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. That's what I love to do. So I don't actually go out a lot unless, I, not for opportunities, I only go out on assignment. Like only on assignment. So today, like I was assigned to be here. And today, you were assigned to be here. Like, like no, 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 no. I, I want you to realize that everything aligned for your behind to be in that seat today. And it's to hear the message that I believe God's given me today. And before I go into it, I need you to, to show you a picture of my family because they allow me to be able to do this. If you if you could put them up real quick. This is this is my family right here. Um, that's my, my daughter in the middle, Isabella. She's five. She's um, runs our lives. Then my son right there. That's MJ. He has a ponytail, but that is a boy. You hear me? And then my little baby girl. She's one and a half. That's Ava Ray. And that's my wife, Natalie. We've been married um, for nine years. My high school sweetheart we met when I was 15 years old and um and she allows me to do what I do the real reason I showed you that is because they fine but the second reason is because statistics say you'll listen to me better if I show you a picture of my kids so um here we go um today I want to talk to you about generosity and stewardship <laughs> I love when I come places and say that because nobody comes to church to hear about that. And that's why I came. Because no matter what I say today, I leave today. Like I'm out of here as soon as it's over. But I'm passionate about this because this was a stronghold in my life that I did not get for years. And it kept me at the same level, even though things were moving all around me. I was at the same place because I did not understand a key characteristic of God, which is stewardship and generosity. And, and, and so today I want to come and help you with this. There will be everybody just everybody take a deep breath in. Now let it out. Now tell your neighbor, relax. We're not taking no more offerings. There's no building campaign. There's nothing happening. I want you blessed. And the reason why a lot of people shut off this thought about being generous and giving and doing things the way God has called them to do is because they're looking at what they have right now. 
Generosity is not about what you have right now. It's about the heart you have right now. And, and I want to help you right now. And I'm going to walk you through this entire thing because I found out a key to God's word. There's a scripture in Proverbs and I want everybody to write this down. It's Proverbs chapter 11, I, I, I believe. And I want you to put it on the screen right now because I need everybody to see this. I'm going to read it out of the message version. It says the world of the generous. Everybody shout at me generous. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And y'all know some of y'all greedy. You won't even share your fries. You hear what I'm saying? And, 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 and the reason I say this is because it was me. I, I can't preach anything that I'm talking to somebody about that I have not gone through. And, and, and this was me. I used to keep everything for myself. Stuff I did not even use. And you think I'm talking about money. And I'm not even talking about money. I'm just talking about generosity. Some of us aren't generous with our time. Some of us aren't generous with our gifts. You have a gift and a talent that you are stealing from the rest of the world. Because you don't want anybody to know what you have inside of you. And see, this is the, the plan of the enemy. Is to distort the word give. Because when I said generosity and stewardship, you automatically thought about money. And I didn't say money. I said generosity and stewardship. I heard a pastor one time, he was interviewed and they said, how often do you talk about giving? And, 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 and the pastor said, every week. And the reporter said, you talk about giving every week? He said, yeah. There's no way that you can talk about God and not talk about giving. I think what you meant to ask me is how often do I talk about giving money? And that's once a year. But you can't talk about grace without talking about giving. For God so loved the world that he... Uh-oh. You can't talk about a healthy marriage unless you talk about giving. Because a healthy marriage will only work if there are two people that are willing to sacrifice and give. Uh-oh. And so what the enemy tries to do is rob the whole body of Christ of the message of giving, which is the backbone of the entire Bible, by making it only about money. And so many of us, when it comes to this topic, we turn our hearts off and we turn our minds off. Why did I come to Venue Church this morning? Why is Pastor Mike talking about this? Hear what I'm saying to you. When you get the revelation of generosity and stewardship, it'll change your life. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your family. It'll change your kids. And you will be able to live a blessed life. Everybody say a blessed life. Yeah. Say it with your chest. Say blessed life. Bless life. See, the problem is most of us want a blessed wallet. Uh-oh. Pastor Tabner, I'm going to need security today. Many of us want a blessed wallet and not a blessed life. And God says the way that I'm going to start this blessed life in your life is I got to deal with the heart. So my first point today is generosity and giving and stewardship. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. I'm going to prove it to you right now because some of y'all looking at me like I just cussed you out. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21. I figured out the formula to it. The Bible says where... Your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So most people are like, man, where my heart is, that's where I'm going to put my treasure. That's not what this says. 
It's where your treasure is, not will be, not when I'll get enough. It's where it is right now. That's where your heart is right now. Oh, let me prove it to you. Because some of y'all will go and put money into a stock in a bond that you never checked before. But as soon as your treasure is there, guess what else is there? Your heart. You're checking that every day. Let me see if it went up or if it went down. You check. Some of y'all check your bank accounts more than you check on your kids. You know you get paid on the 1st and the 15th. Ain't nothing changed, but you just, but you checking it all the time. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Some of y'all, if you put your treasure, you put your money in shoes, let somebody step on the shoes. You know the shoes, you ready to fight them. You ready. Why? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Some of your treasure is at your home. And that's the biggest investment you've ever made. And so you spend more time taking care of your home, but you don't take care of your marriage. So, so you go to a place because your heart is there because you've put your treasure there, but you stop taking your wife on date nights and you stop buying gifts for your husband. You put no more treasure into the marriage. And, and some of y'all, some of you fellas in the room, you got boats and cars that your treasure is there. They get more bass than you do. Because where your treasure is, your heart, all I'm trying to say is you want to find out where your heart is, your treasure has a GPS location tracker for your heart, wherever it is. And so I have people come to me and it's like, I just want God to have my heart, Pastor Mike. I just want to be fully abandoned. I want to be lost in hell. That's how they talk. How do you know God has your heart? And then I'll say, let me see your checkbook. Well, Pastor Mike, there's some things that have changed in my life. That whole voice changes. Because you can't tell me, you can't tell me that God has your heart, but he has none of your treasure. And I know this is tight, but it's right. Some of y'all booty teeps is just, just tight right now. All I'm saying to you is that this is a principle that has worked over and over and over again and I don't care if it works for everybody else but it changed me and my wife and our church's life and I only can tell you what God has done and I want to try to help you get it because if you can understand this today in the next 34 minutes it can change your entire life I'm telling you right now if you allow God to get access to your treasure then he has access to your heart and somebody asked me, I was addicted to pornography for a very long time. And I was a manipulator and I was messed up. And people asked me so many times, how did you get free? I said, I let God into my heart. And they said, well, how did you do that? I said, this may seem like it has nothing to do with it. But I started giving 10% of everything that I got to God. And it gave him access to my heart. They said, that doesn't make sense. I said, yes, it does. It says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. When I give God that 10% or return it to him, because I can't give him what wasn't even mine anyway, when I return it to him, then, then what happens is he, I just gave him access to my heart. When I give him access to my heart, now the issues that I've been dealing with, because God is a gentleman. Most of y'all don't know that. Y'all want God to knock down the door and change you. Boom, this is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who is coming to heal you. He said, no, no, no. The Bible says it like this. I stand at the door and I knock. And day after day, month after month, year after year, every paycheck, he's knocking and he's saying, hey, can I come in? 
And can I change you? And can I turn this around? And be like, no, 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 no. I got stuff I got to clean up. And he was like, well, I come with a cleaning crew. If you would just let me in. Okay, not today. Tomorrow. Hey, it's me, JC. <laughs> just trying to see if you wanted me to come in and, you know, turn everything around. Well, there's areas of my life that I don't want anybody to see. Yeah, I kind of got surveillance on this whole area. I already seen it. Like if you would just let me in. And this is why I'm trying to tell you that, that, that there's levels to this thing. That most believers never get past the first level of generosity and giving. And they never get to experience what God has called them to do. Yes, you're not going to hell when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But do you want to live in hell on earth? Because most people got their get out of hell free card, but they never figure out how to live a blessed life. And I believe there's some people at Venue Church that God wants to take you from the level that you're on. And he wants, oh, do I have faith in the room from the level that you're on to a whole nother level? Somebody say a whole nother level. So that's the title of my message today. There's levels to this. And so I'm just going to present these levels to you so that maybe this can inspire you to move from the level you're on. I don't know what level you're on right now. I don't know if you give anything. I don't know if you're generous. I don't know. But I'm going to assume that you don't want to live the rest of your life at this level right here. And there's levels to this. Tell your neighbor there's levels to this. Okay, so when we talk about giving and generosity, there's levels to this. When I was 19, I had a friend who was at college in my city. And she was like, hey, y'all should come to my house down in Houston for spring break and I was like okay cool let's go down there and so a group of friends we went down there and one of my friends was like yo I heard she got a huge house and I was like she got a huge house that don't mean nothing because my parents they had five boys and one of my brothers is here with me today so he can verify this story they have five boys and when we were younger I really thought that they were doing things to just um, enlarge our creativity what I found out they were doing things to save money let me tell you what they would do they would pile us all in the van and they would take us to wealthy neighborhoods and we would play this game called That's My House. <laughs> and, and literally what would happen is we would all go down the thing and the person would be like, that's my house. Then it was your house. We played that for hours and hours. And I know my parents now that I'm older and have kids were in the front like, yes, we just saved a lot of money. So we would play this game. That's my house all the time. And so I had seen some really big homes, some some really nice homes so when we're driving down there and one of our friends was like man she got a really big house i was like i done played that's my house she her house can't be that big we drive up to this compound it's the only way i can explain it the driveway was four miles long okay i want you to get it there was a limousine parked out front covered that means they don't even drive it they had a nine-car garage. A nine-car garage. And then they had what they called the master bedroom garage. There was a two-car garage off the master bedroom. And it had chandeliers and wallpaper in the garage. I walked in here and I, told, I said, this is your house? And she was like, yeah, I stay on the West Wing. The West Wing? 
said, where are we staying? Because I started to get excited. She's like, y'all actually not staying in the house. Y'all staying out back. I said, slavery is over. I am not. Those days are done. She said, no, you don't get it. She's like, when my parents built this house, they built four 2,000 square foot homes in the backyard from when we had guests come over. And at that moment, everything that I thought about a home was completely shattered because I found out there was levels. Like, like, like I only saw, I lived in one level. I could dream at one level, but then there was another level. So what everybody say, there's levels to this. See, my fear is that there are too many believers that are living at one level. And then they can see other people at a different level. But there's even another level that God wants every believer to live at when it comes to generosity and stewardship. And today I want you to have the faith to believe for Venue Church that there is another level. If you have faith to believe there's another level for you, will you give God some praise in the building right now? Or you can do better than that. Come on. Raise your faith in the building. Okay. So, so I'm going to help you. So I went to the scripture and I said, God, you got to help me with the level. When it comes to finances and generosity, you got to help me. And then I went to Malachi 3. Okay. And this is a pretty famous story about um, giving and tithing and all this other stuff. But when I was studying it, I thank God for revelation. That's revealed truth. That's like when you see it, it's not just what you see and what you hear. There's something deeper in it. And I got revealed truth, a revelation on Malachi 3. I was reading it and me and God have a real relationship. And I was reading it and it talks about how can a man rob God and and. and and most pastors and preachers have used this scripture basically to tell people, hey, you're robbing God of tithes and offering. And when I was reading it, God said, y'all got me all messed up. I was like, how do I have you messed up, Father? And he said, you don't have my heart. You're not telling my heart behind this scripture. I said, you got to give me some wisdom behind this. He, he, said, he said, look deeper how a father would talk to his child. And I want to give you the revelation, and then we're going to read the scripture. But this is what God said. He said, what you're doing is you're robbing me of the opportunity to bless you. You're robbing me of the opportunity to bless you. Write that down. You, somebody needs to write that down. When, 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 we, we, when we don't do what God says for us to do, the way he says for us to do it, we are robbing him, not of money. God don't need money to do this. Do you think the streets in heaven ran out of gold? Do you think, I mean, if you read all through the Bible, he wasn't looking for people's money. He was looking for their heart. When Elijah had no food in the desert, he sent ravens as the first Uber Eats. He brought water from rocks. Giving wasn't something that was invented so the church could be blessed. Giving was invented so that we could be blessed. It is the mechanism in which God uses to bless his people. But he says, you got to do it or you rob me of the opportunity to bless you. And so I'm going to read this scripture and I want, I'm going to add that, um, that little phrase on the end of it. And let's see if we don't get a fresh revelation from this scripture. Okay. So I want you to go to Malachi three and chapter eight is where we're going to start. It says, will a man rob God? Of an opportunity to bless him. 
Yet you robbed me of many opportunities to bless you. But you say, in what way do we rob you of opportunities to bless us? This is how we rob them. In tithes and offerings. See, see, I, I need you to realize that this is God saying, boy, I got something for you, boy. Just do your part. And then I'm like, ah! Do your part! Because if you do your part, if, if, you, if you do that 10% out of the 90, if, if, if you just, when I tell you you're at the gas station and I tell you put $10 in that person, gas tank over there. Well, I don't know them. Duh! <laughs> That's why I just told you, like, put it in there. Well, God, I got things going on. You're robbing me of the opportunity that I have to bless you. And this is the crazy thing. Most of us think that 90%, most of us think 100% cursed is better than 90% blessed. And that's why we think that our way is a better way to be able to do things with our finances. And I came to tell you, the series that we've been in is this is what we do, right? And as a church, I'm, I'm coming to infuse and build the culture of it. What we do at Venue Church is we're a generous church. What we do at Venue Church is when God tells us to give, we give. What we do at Venue Church is when we have an opportunity to be a blessing, we are a blessing. And this is what I'm telling you right now. If you can't get this first level, you take yourself out of the next levels. And that's why I'm just trying to tell you, why am I sweating so hard? And why am I up here doing all this? Because if somebody would have came to me this passionate when I was 19 years old, well, I'm a college student. You still have, you can give 10% of them Roman noodles. You hear what I'm saying? Like, like, cause it, cause it's a heart posture. It's hard for people who are 30 and 40 and 50 who've never honored God to start taking 10% out and doing what God says because they were never taught as a child. That's why right now, my five-year-old daughter, we're teaching her right now that when you get anything, 10% of it, you return it to God. Why are you saying we don't give it to God? Why are you saying return it? Because it wasn't ours in the first place. No, -uh. these people over here act like they woke themselves up this morning. And there's a few people at the other campus act like you gave yourself. You know you weren't qualified for that job. You know you weren't even supposed to make it out of that family situation. But God, the grace of God, came and saw you and pulled you up and picked you up. And you was a hoe and he turned you into holy. Ah! And he's changed your life. Will somebody that is thankful for the grace of God give him a shout of praise right now? I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And see, the crazy thing about it is when we get our check, when we get our blessing, when our investment grows, somehow we think we did that. And the only reason you can be frustrated or selfish is if you think it was yours. But the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, that means everything in it is his. And that's why as believers, we have to acknowledge God with everything we get. And so, so he goes on and he says, hey man, y'all are robbing me of the opportunity to bless you. Verse 9, he said, because y'all men are doing it the way government says to do it. Because you're doing it the way your flesh, your selfish flesh is telling you to do it. Verse 9, your curse would curse. For you've robbed me of the opportunity to bless you. 
Even this whole nation. What state is our nation in? I think we're trillions of dollars in debt right now. Trillions. But yet, Uncle Sam gets honored every time we get a check. And he don't ask you for it. (laughs) He takes it. He don't trust you. He don't trust you at all before you get home, Uncle Sam. And the reason God doesn't do that, the reason it's a percentage is because it can't be love if there's not a choice. So so don't nobody love Uncle Sam. Nobody. But God said this whole thing is built off of love. And so I'm not going to take it from you. But I want you to choose me. I want you to choose what I've asked you to do. And it says, bring all the tithes, verse 10, into the storehouse. That's the local church. That there may be food in my house. And try me. And now at this, the, the Hebrew word says, prove me. And I love this because what ends up happening, when, when this is the only, one of the only places in the Bible where, where God says, if you, I want you to take this test. But if you take this test, you can test me too. Like when I was in school, there, there would be this thing. And if you wanted somebody to do something, even if it was stupid, they said, I dare you. And I'm like, nah, bro, I'm not going to do that, bro. I'm not going to do that. And if they wanted to take it to the next level, y'all know what they did. They said, I double dog dare you. Oh, don't do that. Don't double dog dare me because I got to do it if they double dog dare me. What God is saying is I double dog dare you. I dare you to honor me with 10%. I dare you when I tell you to give the tithe that, that, that you do it. He said, it's the only place where I say, test me. And look what it says when you test me. It says the Lord of hosts. He says, see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. See, God wants you blessed because he wants you to be a blessing. This is why this thing about generosity and giving has to be in your heart because right now you want more so you can be secure. Oh, come on. You're a reservoir, not a river. So when it comes to you, it stops with you. And God says, I'm looking for somebody that I can give to, but it can get through them. Like that, that, that when it comes to you, you bless family members. Well, they did me wrong last time. What if you were so blessed that it didn't even matter that they did you wrong last time? What if you were so blessed that you were not praying for something, but you were the answer to the prayer? See, what I'm trying to break in your mind is this thing that giving is all about you. No, 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 no. God is saying, when you give to me, I know I got your heart. And when I got your heart, I can trust you with anything. And when, and when, when I can trust you with anything, look out, baby. Because there's stuff coming to you that you didn't deserve. There's stuff coming to you that you do. And, and, and don't, you, get, you get to take benefit in being a manager of it. That's what stewardship is. It's management. But know if I ever ask for it, you have the heart that you would be willing to give it. And so listen, listen, I'm just trying to help you. I amen myself before I came today because I knew y'all would be sitting up here like y'all drank pickle juice today. So I'm, I'm just, I'm going to keep moving. It says, it says, verse 11, and I will, this is the guarantee. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. This lets me know even further that it's not for God's sake or for the church. 
When you learn this thing of generosity and you do the right thing with your money, how God says it, he says, I'm going to make things not happen that would normally happen. And he was saying, it's for your sake. It says, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for your you in the field. That's your business. That's your investments. God's saying, I want everything you do to be blessed. He said, but you got to invite me in to be Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You have to walk by faith and not by See, you're looking at it, but you're not trusting God. And that's why I'm telling everybody in here, verse 12, it says, and all nations, look at the result, will call you. Everybody say me. Everybody say me. All nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts, because you gave God the opportunity to bless you. Pastor Mike. Why why are you going so heavy on this? It's because there's three opportunities, three levels to God blessing you. The first one is tithe. When you tithe, you just started up the greatest engine of blessing in your whole life. And I know nobody's telling you this because you're you're trying to figure out how you're going to provide for yourself. I know. But I'm telling you from experience seven years ago, me and my wife stepped out. Before I was a pastor of a church, before nobody knew my name, before anything, there was a cap that we had hit in our lives. And God says, I can't trust you with more because I don't have your heart. Because y'all know what money does. It just magnifies who you really are. And and so he said, he said, he said, I got to get your heart. So then I said, he said, start tithing. I said, God, that's a lot of money. Even though it's not a lot of money, it's a lot of 10% of every. Do you know what I can do with 10% of what comes in? He said, trust me. And he took me to Leviticus 2730. And he said, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It's holy and it's set apart for the Lord. It doesn't take faith to give the last 10%. After you did everything else, and you're like, oh, okay, I got But we serve a God whose only position is first. It takes faith to give the first. Let me prove it to you. And I love God because he never asked us to do something that he didn't do. We're all his children, right? For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Not the last kid. Do you hear what I'm saying? He gave the first. He gave it in faith that maybe one day all of the other kids would see how much he loved them and would come back to him. We serve a God who's not asking us for what he hasn't already done. And that's why I'm so glad it's a percent because it doesn't matter if you make $3,000 or $3 million. 10%, when you start that, you start the engine that allows generosity and stewardship to well up in your life. And I know some of y'all are just sitting here like, I don't believe it. God said, test me. I double dog dare you to give me one year of putting me first. See if I don't see if I don't crack heaven open for you. See if when you walk in and they told you no before, then they're going to tell you yes this time. See if the thing, oh, I'm, I feel this thing. See if when you try this time that there's not favor already there. Everybody say, I will be blessed. Come on, all campuses say, I will be blessed. 
I prophesy that over Venue Church that you will be blessed. I prophesy that over every business and every person, you will be blessed. But don't rob God of the opportunity. to. The fact is, you waste the tithe every month anyway. Oh, come on, let's be. How many people eat fast food that then you get a gym membership? to? <laughs> you put on the weight to pay somebody else to fake take it off because you know right after gym you ordering a pizza, you trifling. <laughs> we at Starbucks every day drinking a mocha loca choca noca toca. We buying clothes in faith. You buying clothes in faith in a size four. Baby, you're a size 12. Stop it. We wasted anyway. What would happen if we honored God with what he gave us? So, so, so if we're going to go there, let's go up a level. Everybody say, boop, boop. <laughs> we're going up to another level. The second level of giving and, and, and going to the next level is giving offering. This is above your tithe. This is when, when God tells you after you've given the 10%, it's like, hey, go bless that person at the store. And you just give that. Or, or God tells you, um, hey, give an extra $15 or $20 or $3,000 in the offering plate. Nobody asks for it. Just do it. Just, and, and you're like, why is that? It's because this is the thing that God takes. And he says, hold on, I don't just got their heart. They're getting my heart. I don't just have their heart where they're, where they're, they're doing just enough. Hold on. They starting to look like they daddy and they have my heart. The one who does excess goes over and above. And when you do this, because we serve a God that is a multiplier, God doesn't do addition. He does multiplication. You can see it in the story in Luke chapter nine, where they're feeding of 5,000. And really it was 25,000 because they were only counting men right there. And I'm a prayer phrase this, but you can go read it later on your time. The disciples are sitting there and they like, man, Jesus has been preaching all day. We hungry. And I know these people hungry too. And y'all know how y'all get when you're hungry, you hangry. You understand? You're angry and hungry. Some of y'all get that on the way home. But you're hangry. And what ends up happening is the disciples go to Jesus and it says, as the day began to wear away. And it says, the 12 came to him and said, hey, Jesus, why don't we send the multitude away um, to the surrounding towns so they can get Chick-fil-A and church's chicken and get something to eat, get lodging and provision. For, for we're here in a deserted place. Like, like a lot of times we try to blame the place we're in for the provision God can give. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm just at this job or I have a set income or I'm a college student. And God said, hold on. Have I ever been bound by a place to provide? See, God was about to do a miracle in a desert to show him, show them who Jehovah Jireh was. And so I always put myself in, 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 the, in the movie of the Bible when I go there. So I imagine the disciples are like, yeah, man, let's just get them to, to go away. Verse 13 in chapter Luke chapter 9, and I want to go to verse 13. It says, but he said to them, Jesus turned to the disciples and said, yeah, you're concerned about the people? You give them something to eat. Uh-oh. God, I'm so sorry. That's not what I meant. I was meaning I, I don't have nothing to be a blessing. And isn't that how God challenges us? I don't have nothing to eat, God. That's why I said let the people go so maybe all of us can get something to eat. But he said, no, you bless them. You give them something to eat. And then he said, um, okay. And I, I can imagine him going back to the disciples and it's like, hey, did you tell Jesus we're ready to go? <laughs> did you tell him to wrap this service up? Dang, like, I'm missing football. Like, can we, uh, 
He said, yeah, I told him. Well, what'd he say? He said, we need to give him something to eat. <laughs> bro, what? He said, we need to give him something to eat. And they're like, oh, no, bro, we don't got nothing to eat. And that's what a lot of broke friends talk about all the time. They're like, we, we ain't got nothing to eat. And, 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 and then... And look what he said. I, I believe it was probably Peter, because Peter's a little raggedy. He's just a little awful sinner. He saw a little kid walking by with a long john silver snack pack, two fish, and five hush puppies. It's like, man, I'm going to eat. Get out of here. And it's like, man, all we got is. Two fish and five hush puppies. That's it. Tell Jesus that's all we have. Like how many times we do when God tells us to give, we say, well, this is all we have. So they go back to Jesus and he says, hey, Jesus, um, we don't have any more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go buy food for all of these people being sarcastic. <laughs> unless, unless you would bless us to do this for everybody. Because <laughs> they're like 5,000 men and they got kids and all this other stuff. Then look what Jesus said, because that doesn't make sense. When you present to God, this is all we have. I mean, physically, it makes it just like this don't make sense. This is all we have. Tithing doesn't make sense. Honoring God first doesn't make sense, but it makes miracles. Now, I'm going to say it one more time because I want it to penetrate your heart. Tithing, giving, being generous, it doesn't make sense, but it makes miracles. Look what he tells them to do. Then he said to his disciples, that's all you got? That'll work. No. He says, make everybody, all 25,000 of them, make them sit down in groups of 50. I almost missed the revelation right here, but this is the crazy thing. They didn't have enough, but he still made them organize what they had. And some of y'all have been in so much debt and frustration and it ain't enough money that you don't even look at it. You just pay what you can pay and then you wait and you squared up ready for the bill collector to come to the house. Because you, you, you don't even think about it. And God says, I want you to steward well what's not working well. And he, he, he brought order to their situation. And some of y'all need to go back and bring order. to you. Even if you can't pay it, bring order. Know exactly how much you need. Know exactly what you're believing God for. He said, sit them down in groups of 50. And they all sit down in groups of 50. Verse 16, it said he took five loaves and two fish. He took not enough. He took what wouldn't feed and fill up one disciple. He took what can't even make the bills be met in your house. He took two fish and five loaves and, and he looked up to heaven and he blessed it. So I want you to get the picture. The disciples gave Jesus what they had. They returned to him what they had. He lifted it up. He blessed it. That's the tithe. That's that 10%. He blessed it. That's where the devourer gets rebuked. He gave, he blessed it. He broke it. And then he gave them back one piece of it. Oh, no. No, 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 God. <laughs> we got to go feed all these people. You didn't just take the 100%, keep 10% and give us back 90 and then expect it to multiply? This man done lost his mind. Is y'all sure he Jesus? <laughs> but look what he said. He blessed it, broke it, gave it back to them. And then he said, now go give it away. Go, go set it before the multitudes. 
So, so this is the key to this. I thought for years that the blessing of multiplication happened in Jesus's hands. And it happened in the disciples' hands. <sighs> See, you want Jesus to do the miracle. And he said, this is this is the reason I'm asking you to honor me is because what I give you back that 90%, then I say, go give an offering to somebody. Because the disciples could have ate it. They was hungry too. So just imagine, he, he blessed it, broke it, gave it back to them. If it was most of us, we'd be like, no, nah, forget this. <laughs> Do you think the seed would have multiplied if they would have ate their seed? And most of us, every month, every time we get paid, we're eating our seed, literally. We're more, we're more concerned about where we're going to eat after church today than getting what God has given us blessed. So, so then they start giving away this little bit that they got. And I, if it was me, I'd be like, take just a little. Take just a little. I said, take just a little. <laughs> Y'all know how we get and when it was down to barely nothing left that last person about to take it in the disciples hands it multiplied and i bet peter was like whoa okay take some take some take some and the miracle happened again and he was like anybody want bread <laughs> bread on tap because the same God that multiplied it the first time is the same God that was going to multiply it again God's looking for somebody that will trust him with the little bit so that he can take you to another level that's why it must be blessed before it's multiplied. That's why I beg people, tithe. Because when you tithe, you just, you just qualified yourself for the next level of multiplication. And then it has to be given before it's multiplied. That's why every week, me and my wife in our budget have an amount of money that we give away every paycheck. Like in our budget. Does that mean we can't have Starbucks all the time? Yep. But I would rather use a principle that's going to be able to be transferred to my children's children than using a principle that's just going to add to my rolls in the back of my... So, so, so I want you to see this. See, because a lot of people think that this is a big thing. But once you get to level one of tithing, then you move to level two of giving offering, listening whenever God says, and then you go to level three. Write this down. Sacrificial offerings. See, these are the offerings that hurt. These are the offerings that are like, oh God, are you sure? Ouch. But one of the things that happens is when you get to this level of sacrificial offering, everything in your life changes. See, we see all through the Bible, David gave equivalent of $21 billion for the temple to be built. Solomon, his son, who would actually build the temple when he was crowned king, the, the, the offering, the, they only wanted one bull. Do you know what 
what Solomon did, he sacrificed 1,000 bulls. He was doing a sacrificial and extravagant offering. And, and, and y'all are like, oh, those are huge amounts. Do you know one of the greatest amounts recorded in the Bible is a woman who, who poured out a year's worth of perfume on the feet of Jesus. It wasn't even monetary. That was the only anointing that Jesus got before he was crucified. And, and that woman's faith had made that happen. And one of the greatest stories that we talk about even to today, which is one of the most extravagant gifts, was a woman who gave two mites. All the ballers were coming in making it rain. And Jesus wasn't impressed with that. He called the disciples over and said, y'all see that? You see this woman right here? You see that woman of great faith? What she gave was more than all these people dropping all these hundreds of thousands. Because she didn't give out of her abundance. She gave out of her need. And that was a sacrificial gift. That's why the enemy tries to play you about amounts. It's not about amounts. It's all about the heart. Pastor Mike, why are you telling me this? Because there's levels to this. And the great thing about it is if you get the first level of tithing, and I know some of y'all are like, how can that happen? There's two testimonies of people when it comes to this. People who tithe say everything changed for us when we started doing it God's way. And people who don't say I never could afford to tithe. Let me give you the secret. You'll never be able to afford to tithe until you start tithing. Here, here, no, no, hear me. Pastor Mike, you talking a lot right now. Tell me what you did. Oh, see, we preach this sermon series every year at our church. And last year, God asked me a question. He said, do you want to just talk about this or you want to be about this? What I'm supposed to say, God. I want to be about it. He said, okay, so listen, I'm going to ask you for a sacrificial gift. I'm, I'm preaching to people, talking about, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be a generous church. And I had given, the largest gift I had given up until that time was like $1,000 at one time. Like, boom. And I was like, oh, that feel good. Just some more blessed to give and to receive. Wow, there you go, God. Like, that's what I did. And so I thought, okay, God's going to tell me to go extravagant. I'm going to get 2000 So I'm like like prepared like I know I don't have it but I know where I can get it from and all this other stuff so I'm like all right God what do you want to do use me Lord bless me I'm standing on the platform he says I want you to give your Land Rover away that's exactly what I said I said no 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 God you talk about the, the Land Rover that's black on black with like <laughs> that I just finished paying off two months ago he said yeah I want you to give it away. I said, to who? My wife? <laughs> I'll gladly do that, Lord. <laughs> he said, no, there's, there's a young man that does graphics in your church that's been driving the bus to work every day. He's 26 years old. Give it to him. I said, he doesn't deserve it, Lord. Because <laughs> that not that what we do? We try to position where we give and who deserves it and who doesn't. And God said, no, no, no. I stood up in front of my church and said, y'all, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this and do this. And I'm praying that this starts a revolution of generosity. And I said, John, come here, man. He was in the booth back there and he ran up here. I said, man, God told me to do something for you. Here's your new car. This dude broke down crying and I broke down crying too. Because ah! it hurt. But I knew I did. What God called me to do. And as I got in my car, God said, well done. He said, I can trust you now. And I said, what do you mean? 
You, you bringing another car? He said, no. No. You and your wife are going to just drive that minivan for the next seven months. Oh, because people thought it was like the prosperity gospel. Give. And then a Bentley rolls up. No. That Honda Odyssey rolled up. <laughs> Date night. We just cruising like, what you mean? My swag went down a thousand percent. But I became okay because I knew I was doing what God called me to do. I was going up levels. To man, it looked like I was going down levels. But to God, I was going up levels. Can I tell you how the story ends? I got to get off this stage. But let me tell you how the story ends. Is that seven months later, August, this past August, I told my wife, I said, kids are back in school. At the time, you're taking the kids. I need to be able to get to work. And I was walking when the weather was good. But now, I mean, the pastor of the church, hundreds of thousands of people watching. See, God doesn't care what platform you're on. He cares about your heart. So I'm walking to church. And, and literally, God said, I told my wife, I said, I need to get a little beater car, three or $4,000 that I can just get from the house to the church. And, and so a guy said, I heard that you was looking for a car. I got a used car dealership. Um, um. I want to, you come down, I'll get you a good deal. I was like, oh, great, man. I said, could you come pick me up? Because <laughs> I didn't have a ride. And he pulled up in this nasty black-on-black -black Mercedes with the tent. I said, oh, my God. I said, this your car? That's nasty. He said, man, this is not mine. I said, oh, for real? Who let you use their car? He said, it's yours. And he threw me the keys. Seven months after, I want you to hear me say this. You can never be God-given. Seven months after, my heart posture had changed. God brought somebody into my life. He took me to the car dealership and wrote a zero on the whole paper and gave me a brand new Mercedes. <laughs> and he knew, listen, he knew nothing about what I did. But God saw everything that I did. And I'm telling you, Venue Church, generosity is coming to you in a whole nother way. We're going to go from level to level, from glory to glory, from tithe to offering to extravagance. And I declare that you will live a blessed life in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. I know, just stay standing, everybody. I know some of you are like, I didn't come to hear this, but this is what you needed. Because the selfish heart will keep you at the same level. But the world of the generous gets larger and larger. I declare, Pastor Tavner, that over this next 12 months, the world of Venue Church is going to get larger and larger. The generosity is going to hit this house like never before. Somebody say, I will live a blessed life. Come on, one more time. Say, I will live a blessed life. If you want that, I want to pray for you. Hands lifted all over this place. Every campus, come on. I thank you, Father God, that those who are saying, yeah, this was for me. There's an area of my life, Father, that I need you to come in and help me get selfishness out. And I want to live the blessed life. I pray in the name of Jesus that all grieving, all stinginess, all past motives, everything that's not like you, Father, will begin to fall off in the presence of God. I declare that generosity will 
would swell up and every person listening. I break the back off of poverty, low self-esteem, greedy. Father, I thank you that you are bringing Venue Church into a new level of generosity and stewardship. And it's by your son's name, in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise in this building. Before we go.